This is CWE champion Hotshot Danny Duggan, and you're listening to my preferred podcast, the J&K Podcast. Make sure to check us out live on our next tour as CWE presents WWE legend Brutus the Barber Beefcake, October 22nd to November 21st on the Strutton and Cutting Tour. Bushwhack Avenue Care, 2015 Hall of Famer. Hello and welcome. My name is the Alpha Female. This is ECW Original, the Enforcer, C.W. Anderson. This is Pro Wrestling's only modern-day Viking Gunner. This is Tony Mamaluke. This is WWE Superstar, Randy Morella. What's up, everybody? This is Machine from Lucha Underground Cage. Hey, this is Nick Magnus Tolders. This is Marty Janae, the Rockers. Hey, this is Jeff Jarrett, the King of the Mount. Woody Woo, Too Cold Scorpio, and you're listening to me on the JNK Pod. Check it out. It's hot, 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 hot. This is Ryan Bowman, editor-in-chief of TheGorillaPosition.com, and you're listening to the J&K Podcast. The J&K Podcast is brought to you by CollarAndElbowBrand.com. Collar and Elbow was founded on the traditional values of professional wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product intended to connect with people on an emotional level. A symbiotic relationship where one cannot flourish without the other. We strive to create a product that embodies our passion for professional wrestling expressed through street fashion. Make sure to use our offer code JKPODCAST and get yourself 10% off any purchase you make at CollarAndElbowBrand.com. And TheGorillaPosition.com Telling the stories of pro wrestling's storytellers Its biggest stars, its movers and shakers Their families, their friends, and their friends' families Their tragedies and their triumphs Its legends and its future Make sure and check out TheGorillaPosition.com And follow them on social media all right, guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafel here on the JNK Podcast. What is going on, everybody? What's up, guys? Um, listening to the, the promo kind of at the beginning of this week, I almost kind of find myself marking out to my own intro, or to our own intro. It, it's just some of the names that we've had chances to rub shoulders with uh, with doing this. I mean, it, it still gives me, like, chills sometimes. 
hundred percent it does. Right? I mean, just if you are a professional wrestling fan, you will know those voices mm-hmm. just hearing them over the podcast. <laughs> and just I mean, Bushwhacker Luke, come on, Tony Mama Luke, you you know, CW Anderson. Uh, you know, Teddy Long, Teddy Long well, didn't make the cut on that one, unfortunately. Gunner, Gunner, Magnus, Magnus yeah, Santino. my personal favorite, Jeff Jarrett, yeah, like, wow, we have really, thankfully, come a long way mm-hmm. from where we started, <laughs> and now we've got a collection of famous professional wrestlers that we have been able to, like you said, rub shoulders with, interview. Have on our podcast. Yeah, literally in some places. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Not that long ago, we rubbed shoulders with Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah. You know, we rubbed shoulders with Too Cold Scorpio, (laughs) right? Coming up soon. Yep. In November, we're going to have... Like you heard in the intro. That's right. The Barber Beefcake. Coming to the Sioux with uh, the Canadian Wrestling's Elite. So check out Canadian Wrestling's Elite. And follow them on their social medias so that you can stay up to date with everything having to do with the strutting and cutting tour coming through pretty much almost all of Canada. We're looking, what, five provinces? Yeah, they're going, uh, you know, the usual suspects, BC, coming all the way. But they're going as far east as Sudbury this time, which is interesting. I'm really curious to see uh, how they uh, do in Sudbury as well, because we're uh, uh, stepping uh, stone to, to get to there. So, yeah, CWE, lots going on there. Looking forward to seeing that grow and, uh, and mature as well. So, And um, there's going to be a lot to, to talk about here. I mean, we had some uh, some really good wrestling this weekend, especially on the NXT TakeOver side of things. Before we get into all that, though, I figured, uh, again, we'd have fun with our usual sound clip here. It is summertime, and it's time to get in shape. Let's work on our boogie bodies. Yeah, you got to find that boogie body. Okay, that's good. Looks good. Feel the beat. Oh, chicka, oh, chicka, oh, chicka, oh, chicka, oh, chicka. Now take it to the right, the left. Find it. Feel it. Do it. Move your boogie body, come on and shake those hips. Move that boogie body, yeah. It's okay, move that boogie body. Come on, take it up, take it up, take it down, take it down, take it up, take it up, take it up, take it up. Get out. Now here we go to circle. Oh, we're here to let you know. Well, if you wanna boogie, get down on the dance floor. Let's go. hips. Oh, oh. The bigger the circle, the thinner the waist. If you want a boogie, get down on the dance floor. Let's go. Yeah, so that, for those of you who may recognize that tone, that's actually the jazzercise form of exercising. I am so thankful that you cut that early because... I didn't cut it. I played oh. the full thing. Oh my goodness. Like, I was really starting <laughs> to lose my mind. She's a very, I, don't, I have no idea what her name is, but she was a very unique individual. And uh, that was pretty popular actually on TV for a while. Yeah, it definitely Jazzer was. Size, definitely was. So I thought I'd uh, a little blast from the past. I think that that was probably 80s, probably mid late 80s on that. So yeah, if you want to check that out, if you uh, want to see more Jazzer size, if you want to work out to that, uh, to that routine, go and check it out for yourself. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, so let's get to our wrestling discussion here. We had wrestling in Chicago in the form of NXT TakeOver. And again, just one word, wow. In general, just wow. NXT, <laughs> once again, as it always has, pulled this out phenomenally mm-hmm. from start to women's match. It was phenomenal. Get to that. Yeah. After women's match to the end, amazing. Yep. I cannot say more great things about the NXT show that was put on, but that's nothing new. No. And uh, they kicked off with the Undisputed Era with uh, Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly versus Oni Lurkin and Danny Birch. And I got to say, I mean, Undisputed Era always, you know, good as always. But uh, Oni Lurkin, especially in this match, really, really stood out. He had some impressive spots. And they just, they, 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 they put on a good classic NXT tag team match. That WWE, the regular roster, doesn't seem to know how to do for some reason these days. When I when I saw this match, I, I the first words that came to my mind was school. Yeah, school. Yeah, these guys are putting on a school. Yeah, pretty or much. in the business known as clinic. Yeah, right. Like I mean, that's that's what they did from from the the opening bell. To all the way through to the end of that match, it was just an amazing sight to see. And those guys put everything that they had out on the line during that match. And they made it a a, a good wrestling match. It wasn't just a one-sided, you know, beat down or anything like that. Like, yep. th- these guys worked together so flawlessly that I, I don't think that I even remember there being any botches that happened really no. during that match so just i'm amazed I, I i'm truly truly amazed i mean and uh only lurkin and birch coming up on the short end and disputed era did uh you know, retain the titles but in my opinion no losers in that match everybody put on the they put on a good show and of course as fans you know we we won by seeing you know excellent tag team wrestling and it's good to see that yeah you know in nxt you know given how it is uh, kind of sketchy over in the main roster then, next up, I mean, the match, I think, that, that stole the entire weekend, in my personal opinion. And we're, of course, talking about Velveteen Dream versus Ricochet. And before the even actual match, Velveteen Dream's entrance, like, Hulk Hogan. Like, yeah. like exactly. I mean, with his own kind of spin on it, uh, but the mannerisms in the, in the ring and in the entrance, I mean, just... That's, Even the outfit, that, the colors, the bandana, <laughs> like everything. That's the whole tone for right there. And then the, the match, I mean, I can pick out individual spots. I mean, uh, there was one that was actually a superplex to the outside landing on the floor. Yeah. Which I don't think I've ever actually seen, especially in a WWE match. But, I mean, just, it, it's really WWE's next great rivalry. It's their, their next Stone Cold and Rock rivalry. It, it, it's Those two guys are just perfectly matched for each other, and hopefully it doesn't end with this. If they play things correctly, mm-hmm. you're right. This will be the next huge rivalry. Yeah. I mean, this will be Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair. This will be, you know, <laughs> Macho Man yeah. Hogan. This will be Absolutely. Andre Hogan. You yeah. know, it, it's, it's got the potential to have epic proportions with this. And I hope that Triple H saw that. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he did. Yeah. 
and that he continues <laughs> with it. Yeah. Right. At this point, I don't think Triple H even cares if Vince saw it or not or, mm. or whatever. Yeah. Triple H is just kind of going to Vince now, I'm sure, and just saying, okay, so this is what happened out there. This was amazing. This is what the people want. I'm giving it to them, and yep. go do your football. <laughs> exactly, right? And you have two guys that, I mean, just perfectly matched. I mean, they both just have charisma and the ability to work in the ring and, and the presence and everything, just like everything that you want. Both of these guys have it and just meshed perfectly together. I mean, I'm looking forward to, you know, obviously more from these guys, you know, and, you know, it's one of those things where that, you know, just my only fear with it is that, you know, once both guys make it up to the main roster, that things could start to get kind of diluted. And, well, we see what happened with AJ and Shinsuke Nakamura. They took what should have been a great rivalry and resorted to punching each other in the balls. That's right. Um, <laughs> so, and unfortunately, that's, that's, my, that, that's my fear. That really seems to be the trend. Um, they'll take these guys that are doing amazing in NXT, bring them up to the main roster, and then they just kind of get lost in the shuffle, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really hope that they don't with these two because uh, I mean, these these two guys on the main roster, I think, could really revive people's interest in the WWE and yep. Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. Yep. Um, just to, to kind of go off of that for a moment, uh, I was seeing a lot of people during the pay-per-view and after the pay-per-view, the main roster pay-per-view, Money in the Bank, and they were saying, this is the worst pay-per-view that they've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm done. My subscription is canceled. Oh. You know, I've already canceled it. This isn't a, I'm threatening to, I've done it. I'm <laughs> sick of this. Done it, yeah. You know, yeah. like <clears throat> that's, that's, that's stuff that I'm, I'm hearing mm-hmm. coming out of this main roster pay-per-view. Yeah. But some of these same people were praising the NXT pay-per-view. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it really is like comparing apples and oranges at this point, and, you know, and often a bit of a tangent when it comes to the WWE network, you know, trying to, to sign up for my own personal account here. WWE going this old school approach that you need to have a cable, at least here in Canada, I'm not sure if this applies in the US as well, but you need a cable subscription to be able to to watch the WWE network. Whereas you have like Honor Honor Club in New Japan, you can do it all online and just and watch it without any fuss and any muss. You know, if, if that's even a, a real saying. You know, but with WWE, it it just it, it's it's like they still have you know at the very top there and you know this old school mentality of that. It's not so much an old school mentality. I mean, it, it definitely is. You know, sometimes it is, but in this case, it's more a CRTC thing. Um, that's, that's, that's where it's come in. The only way that the WWE network was allowed to come into Canada was if it was put onto cable networks and not just as a streaming service, like a Netflix Mm. or a voodoo, uh, anything like that. Right. So that's kind of where the issue comes in. CRTC says you can come into Canada, but it has to be on the major cable networks, which then allows the Canadian cable networks to make more money because they're getting proceeds from you know the money that that we have to pay for the network on the cable subscription yeah i think of one word to do that and that's just a homer simpson line there dope yeah Yeah, it's a dope and hopefully that maybe will change at some point and we can just watch the wwe especially for people like myself who have cut the cord with the cable company when it comes to television to be able to do that so true so we go from velveteen dream and ricochet with a just a spectacular match match of the year candidate to 
Shayna Baszler versus Nikki Cross for the NXT Women's Championship. Now, this is, you know, not, not just this particular match, but this whole scenario has me really kind of hot and bothered because you know, I'll name it off here, the, the, the beefs that I have. You have somebody who's a former NXT fighter who comes in and very much pretend UFC fights like Brock Lesnar used to do. You said, um, I just have to have to correct you so that everyone else okay. understands. You had said a former NXT. Sorry, I meant UFC. Yes. And she comes in and pretend UFC fights like Brock Lesnar used to do when he came back his second time. Yes. You have, she did no quote-unquote wrestling moves, no suplexes, no body slams, no Irish whips, no nothing like that. She doesn't sell any moves that she takes, all just strikes and submissions. I'm sorry, I know a lot of people are very high on Shayna, and Ronda Rousey's guilty of this too, by the way. Very high on these two, but you're not wrestlers. You're coming in and you're pretending to fight in a wrestling company. You are not a wrestler. We'll get to Ronda Rousey when we (laughs) uh, talk about the money in the bank pay-per-view, but I I 100% with Shayna Baszler have to agree. I don't think that she was trained enough. I don't think that she was given the opportunity to really work with enough uh, talent to be able to hone those wrestling skills. Um, it, it, It does. It just seems like a UFC fight with somebody who is totally inexperienced and the inexperienced yeah. one being Nikki Cross, right? Oh, like that's, that's just that's the way the weird thing about it. It is. It, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, it's so weird because Nikki Cross is an amazing professional wrestler yeah. on her in, in her own right. But to have her in a match with someone who pretend UFC fights, pretend mixed martial arts fights, uh, it, it, it made Nikki Cross look terrible because yeah. She looked like she was a total outsider and noob at this entire thing. Yeah. And it that that irks me mm-hmm. very much because <laughs> it shouldn't be that way. For me being a, a very, you know, yeah, traditional uh, wrestling fan just when when I see that kind of stuff and for for those who, you know, want to disagree with me and try and put me wrong, go back and watch that match and I dare you to find Shayna doing a quote-unquote wrestling movie, you're not going to find it in that match whatsoever. In some of our other matches as well. You know, it's just, it's, and like you said, you know, Nikki Cross, you know, uh, very experienced in the ring, looking very, very out of place. I mean, she, you know, tried to compensate by, you know, doing some of her character and whatnot, but it just, it came off as a very weird match for me. Just some really, really weird stuff in there. And, you know, this possibly, you know, could be Nikki's last match in NXT. She's, you know, she's wearing blue on her thing there, which I think is probably, uh, you know, foretelling that she's probably going to, to SmackDown probably at some point. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, if that's her last match in NXT, oof, that leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Very bad. Very bad. But from there, we went to the NXT title match with Aleister Black versus Lars Sullivan. Now, for those, I think, who uh, maybe aren't big Lars Sullivan uh, fans, I think you really need to look at this match. And he he's a good, big man-style wrestler. And these two put on a very good, solid match. It wasn't anything spectacular, but it was very good, very solid, some good spots, and just a good, solid NXT title match. It was. It was a good wrestling match to sit there and watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't like, I mean, you have social media is blowing up here, it, it sounds like. We've got um, Alistair Black, who is an amazing wrestler. And you've got Lars Sullivan, who is a huge guy, but a really good talent as well, 
right? And the two of them coming together, it, it didn't just end up being any type of squash match. It ended up being the two of them pretty much as equals mm -hmm. in this match, just putting on an amazing show for us. Even at, at the end, Lars uh, calling for uh, him to, to like finish him off. You know, it was just a, they ended the match in a really good, solid way, too. It did. <clears throat> I mean, the, you, you really couldn't have asked for a better way for that to end. Um, I understand some people, you know, are high on, uh, <laughs> you know, Lars Sullivan, and they wanted him to, you know, take the belt and whatever. But I, I think keeping it where it is right now is perfect. And yeah. I think that they really went about that match in the best possible way that they could. Mm -hmm. Now, to end off the... Uh, Takeover in Chicago. We had a Chicago street fight with Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa. <sighs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, another one of these uh, things where I think, you know, literally the only thing they didn't throw at each other was the kitchen sink. I'm actually surprised that the kitchen sink didn't make an appearance. I know. Because, I mean, they did like pretty much anything that you could think of to do any wrestling match in a wrestling arena, they did it. I mean, short of, of run into the bathrooms and, yeah. you know, like outside and stuff like that. Like, I mean, it was it, I'm I'm honestly speechless when it comes to this match, because there was just so much that happened in in this match. But you feel excited, mm -hmm. e even if you can't really remember everything that happened, because there was so much destruction that happened in this match. Yeah. And I. I, I can't even remember all of it, but <laughs> no, yeah. I'm just excited about this match going, wow, that, that that's a classic yep. street fight right there. Mm -hmm. The only criticism I have of that match was that it ended very abruptly and very anticlimactically, if that's a, a proper saying there. It just I think that you know the, the ending could have you know been a little bit different, but I mean, obviously you got in a match with something. Yeah. But it just felt like Tomasa really got his ass handed to him, and then... You know, finished the match off with one move. Yeah. So uh, th that part left a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth. But other than that, I mean, just, I mean, risky spots all over the place. <laughs> These guys could have gotten hurt several, several times. They could have. And uh, just a good example of, you know, two guys working together and being able to pull off something really significant. I just wish there had maybe a little bit more on the line, maybe too, with the, with the match. But uh, I think so as well. Yeah. I mean, one of the nice things that that, that I I do remember is the uh, like the bolt cutters hmm. or the uh, the hedge trimmer, or whatever, right? And cutting those straps to remove the mat on the ring. Yeah. And, you know, that was like it, it was. And it's some, I mean, it's been done before. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. It's been done before. I mean, the earliest that I can remember maybe is, uh, hmm. For me, NXT. Yeah, when NXT came yeah, in. Yeah, when NXT John Cena. Yeah, came in and did it to John Cena. When when all the guys did it to, you know, pulled pulled the mat back, exposed the the boards there and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Um so it's been a while, yeah. but just it gives just that extra little bit because people are people are always wondering, yeah. how's that ring made? Yeah. What's under it? What's go. going on? Yeah. Right? <laughs> and now, you know, they gave us just that little bit again to be able to pull it back and go, so you can see, there's just boards under here. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, and and thin mat that they're landing on and, and stuff like that. And I love when they do that once in a while. Once in a while. Because yeah. it really, 
it, not so much that it blurs the lines between, you know, fantasy and reality, yep. but it really shows more of a realism mm-hmm. to no, what these guys are doing, yep. but still kind of keeps it all kayfabe, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and that other moment that uh, we were hinting at, uh, if you want to go watch a moment that will, I think if you're a real wrestling fan, it'll leave you pretty breathless. Go, you know, I'm sure you can probably find it on YouTube or on the network somewhere and watch that moment of when the uh, early NXT stars invaded Raw with John Cena in the ring and you have guys like Daniel Bryan and Wade Barrett and whatnot, Justin Gabriel, who's no longer with the company, but, uh, but still wrestling. Darren some Young. The, some of those guys that were Ryback. were really up-and-comers that uh, made a, an impact in the uh, in the company came and just destroyed the place. You know, tore up the ring, tore up the, the announce tables, uh, even outside the ring, and just... It's, it was just one of those moments where I still, when I you know look back and, I, and watch it, it just it's like, like you're almost left kind of speechless. After I mean, they really that was a real seminal moment for NXT where they just they came out and they said, you know, that really set the tone for things going forward. And just, you know, we are we're here, we're legitimate wrestlers. And since then, NXT has really stood out. Yes. So that was a really big moment for them if you want to go back and watch that. So going from that to Money in the Bank. Money in the (laughs) Bank. And as you mentioned, uh, some people saying that this was. A great pay-per-view, and some saying that this is so bad that I am now canceling and have already canceled my WWE Network subscription. Well, I, I never said that people were saying that it was a great pay-per-view. Yeah. They, they were saying mixed. NXT was NXT a great pay-per-view, really yes. but Money in the Bank really <laughs> left a bad taste in their mouth. So there weren't really any positive things about uh, Money yeah. in the Bank. Not that I really saw. Yeah. Well, let's go through, break down some of it here. So they kicked off on the, the pre-show with... Um, the Bludgeon Brothers against the Good Brothers, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, in a a very ho hum tag team match. Just just very by the numbers, just fill in time. Yep. I, there was nothing about that, and that was a SmackDown tag team title match. Yep. On the pre-show, and just very by the numbers, and very just sitting there watching, and nothing got me excited whatsoever. Not at all. I mean, it was just, it, it was very standard, very basic, very safe. Very safe. You know, it, that's that's the best way to describe it, I think. <laughs> let's go out there and let's please not hurt each other. Yeah. It's one of those things where, I mean, uh, Anderson, you know, had some good spots. He's, he's somebody that always kind of uh, stands out. Uh, I wish that he could break off on his own and, and kind of become a singles wrestler because there's a guy that can can pretty much do it all. But he's, I think he's being held back right now, but... In the, Needless to say, it was just, it was very disappointing pre-match, uh, or sorry, pre-show match. And then we had the, the kickoff match with Daniel Bryan versus Big Cass. Yes. Now this was, Daniel had some good spots like he always does in his matches, but it just, it was so weird. It even started at the beginning of the match when Cass is walking out and very much having this very goofy kind of look on, the, on his face, almost like Michael Jackson-esque, or like not being able to. Like you can kind of hear it in my voice, not being able to smile properly. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you picked up on that when no. he was doing that, but oh yeah, it was very creepy almost. And when you have such a big size mismatch like that too, I mean, Daniel did, did his best, you know, to to carry things through that match. But I don't know what it is with Cass. It's I don't it, know what it is with him. It almost seemed like he just had one too many injections of Botox. And um, <laughs> just just couldn't couldn't move his mouth at all or so anything. Weird. And so weird. I mean, it almost like very robotic. Yeah. Like it, it was very very stiff and robotic, and just 
trying too hard, maybe. Yeah. And then for that match to unfold the way that it did and to have Daniel win by submission, I mean, obviously, you know, who doesn't like seeing Daniel Bryan win? But to have it happen in that kind of way, it just it, it totally discredits Cass going forward as a tough, as a big, strong, tough guy. It depends on how they play this out. Yeah. I mean... It's it, risky to do something like that, storyline-wise. Definitely it is. But, I mean, storyline-wise, I don't know what they've got in store in the future. Um, they could come back and say something like, uh, oh... Before Cass went out there, he ran into the wall and uh, ran into a pole and hurt his shoulder. And that's the only reason why, you know, he, yeah. you know, he got beat by submission, right? So well, we got to remember who we're dealing with the WWE and they could just pull the wool over eyes and, and almost do the Jedi mind trick. No, this, none of this happened. Right. These aren't the wrestlers you're looking for. You know, they even went as we've mentioned before, as far as Vince, you know, basically killing himself and then coming back the next day and go, I'm fine. Nothing happened. You didn't see nothing. Well, I mean, you you have to understand the circumstances behind that yeah. one too, though, right? Yeah. So, but I mean, still. you've mentioned it a couple of times, but have never. And that, that that's okay. Yeah, I'm gonna right now. That's gonna be a topic. That's gonna be something that we talk about mm-hmm. on on a podcast because people need to know the entire stories Absolutely. surrounding that and not just Vince decided to kill himself and then was back again. <laughs> yeah. uh, there is a whole story behind that. There is, yeah. So on another podcast, yeah. we're going to get into that. Yeah, because there's actually quite a bit to that one. Yeah. That was a fair point. And from that, we went to a very another disappointing match with yeah. uh, with two very good talents. We have Sami Zayn against Bobby Lashley. I mean, and here's two guys that on paper and ability-wise should have a great match. Yep. And... Whew, Nothing special. I was I was Nothing special. I was really disappointed in in the way that it that it started out. Mm-hmm. I, I mean it was too on the nose. You had Bobby Lashley yep. in the ring and then you have Sami Zayn jump out. Yep. Right? And then come back in and Sami Zayn jump out and come back in Sami Zayn jump out and then Lashley <laughs> goes out after him and then there's a chase uh. around and then it was just too on the nose that that was going to happen. I was hoping that we would have seen just a straight up, okay, I've said that I can beat you. Yeah. I've told you that I can do this. Let's go. Collar elbow tie up yeah. and start the match. Yeah. Right? Like no no shenanigans, no crap. That's something I would expect to see on, on the weekly show on Raw or SmackDown. But on a pay-per-view, I mean, you got to leave it on the ring and, Put it out and, and there. Do, do some stuff. And yeah. it, it was just very, like you said, very by the numbers, very expected. And at the end of the night, you know, nothing special, Lashley getting the win. But honestly, I didn't really have any feelings or any expectations going into this at all. So next we had a pretty good uh, match. Uh, one of the better ones of the evening, actually. Uh, we had uh, Seth Rollins against Elias yes. for the IC title. So uh, two very good uh, guys in there, kind of, you know, caught mid-card there right now. So it got kind of, you know, I don't necessarily say lost in the shuffle there, but one of the better matches of the night. You know, but but again, you know, when you compare this to the previous night before with NXT, mm. just everything else pales in comparison to it. You know? it. Yeah, it really it does. I mean, the two of them, honestly, I have to give both of them credit, and and I'm going to give credit to, it, to another match um, mm-hmm. that – it's going to be a little unexpected, but I'm going to give credit to another match soon. Uh, but this one here almost felt like a clinic as yeah. well. Like, I mean, really the two of them went out there and they, 
they put it all out on the line for everybody. They really did. Yeah. Um, people are saying, oh, it was crap. It wasn't that good. They didn't do enough or, you know, whatever. Like, take go back. Take a look at the match. See the chemistry that the two of them have together. Yep. And just the work that the two of them put into the entire thing really speaks for itself. And you really, I can't fault that match. I no. really can't. No. No, a good solid match. Then followed by the uh, women's Money in the Bank ladder match. Yes. So I, th- I think that that was probably, you know, I-, I didn't get a chance to watch this entire match because things got a little kind of sketchy power-wise with the weather going on here. But uh, from what I saw, very, very good. It was. Very, very good. Not just because of the outcome either. Yeah. It was, it was honestly a very good ladder match. Mm-hmm. Um and I think we see that because the women know that they have to, you know, keep up with this whole women's revolution thing yep. and really put themselves out there. And every one of them did. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a matter of, you know, two of them carrying the entire match. Every single one of them did. Mm-hmm. All culminating to my girl, Alexa Bliss, yep. winning the women's money in the bank ladder match. Yep, definitely. You know, I'm not uh, upset by the the outcome. Uh, I would have preferred that Becky finally got her push because I think she's long overdue for it and, and deserves it. Yeah. But not the way that it turned out. But it was uh, still, I think, probably one of the better matches of the night. I think so. Now, going from that to Roman Reigns versus Jinder Mahal. Now, I don't know if their intention was to try and piss off the Chicago uh, audience, but uh, boy, did they ever manage to with this match. I think this is all just preconceived notions on the people in Chicago. Yeah. This is the match that I am praising. Mm-hmm. The two of them worked great together. Yeah. It, I honestly, and it's Roman Reigns, and mm-hmm. I'm not a big Roman Reigns fan, no. but I enjoyed watching this match. Yeah. I enjoyed the interaction with uh, Sunil Singh on the on the outside. I enjoyed, yeah. you know, Sunil getting out of the wheelchair and throwing Roman Reigns into the, uh, the ring post and then Roman Reigns coming back from it. And yeah. just like the entire match seemed to really have a great flow to it. And the yeah. two of them worked so well together that I have to praise that match. Mm-hmm. As much as I'm not a fan of Roman Reigns, yeah. I have to praise it because the two of them did amazing work together. Mm-hmm. One change that I might have, and I agree that you know it was a very good worked match. If you just you know, look at the wrestling aspect of it, I have no criticism there. I think that, and you might disagree with me, but I think given the situation where they were that, that night, is that they should, you know, to help alleviate some of this issue with the crowd, have opened with that match instead. To let the Chicago crowd get it out of their system and go, boo Roman Reigns, boo Roman Reigns, and then after that, everything is up from there. So I, I think having it too late in the card, I personally think was a bit of a mistake booking-wise. I don't think it was. Um, only because... You're going to have that. The crowd is going to get all of their energy out the very beginning, mm-hmm. right? The fans were happy. The yeah. fans were joyful. The fans were excited to be booing Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. Their energy was up. Yeah. And it it allowed for the beginning of the show, the people to get their energy out. And then come this point of the show, which was about halfway yeah. through the show, 
their energy is starting to deplete. So then you throw this in there, and then they're like, oh, man, oh, it's Roman Reigns. We got to boo him hard. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to start booing him, and they're going to get excited again, and then their energy level is gone back up now Yeah. for the rest of the show, mm -hmm. as opposed to it just kind of dying off by the time it gets to the main event. The only issue with that is, is that should be the attitude that you have towards a heel wrestler. Roman Reigns is not a heel wrestler. So you have the crowd furiously booing who, for somebody that they should be cheering for. But they do that in every arena. True. Right? True. I mean, but. Roman Reigns is that heel face. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's not even a term right now. And maybe our friends over at the gorilla position.com can <laughs> yep. maybe help us make maybe. this an actual term, heel face, but yeah. the heel face, John Cena, um, John it's Cena the, is a heel face. It's the John Cena. Thing. Yeah. It really, like, really is. I, I don't want to call it the John Cena thing because I don't want to associate <laughs> it with, you know, a specific yeah. person, but yeah. you've got your heels, the yeah. bad guys, you've got your face, the good guys, yeah. Roman Reigns is, and John Cena even, and they're both like in between. Some people yeah. love them. Some people hate them. They're the heel face. Yep. And I think uh, that's really what it boils down to is just because Roman Reigns is mm -hmm. quote unquote the face, yeah. he's going to get booed no matter what because he's that heel face. Yeah. Now, we had uh, another match here that, that really kind of ticked me off personally. And we had uh, Carmella versus Asuka. So we had uh, two um, women wrestlers that you know I'm not particularly fond of. I know one you're not, really not still a, a fan of. Being interrupted by our favorite or my least favorite person in the wrestling business, <laughs> personally, I'm sure he's a great person outside of wrestling. And I'm not criticizing him as a person, just the character and the way WWE uses him. But we had James Ellsworth. Uh, rearing his head again and impacting a big match. We had a returning Ugh. James Ellsworth Can't coming back to the WWE, baby. I am so happy about that. I am a fan of James Ellsworth for everything that he's done throughout all the indies, yeah. making his way up, making it to the WWE, being let go by the WWE, working his butt off again, and making his way back to the WWE. Kudos to him. Yeah. The only problem with that is that all that indie stuff is great. This thing, in my opinion, discredits all that. You come back after being kicked out of the company, you do all this great stuff in the indies, and you come back in and you have to do this. Hey, to me, it, to me, I mean, I mean, I think he's done enough outside of WWE that that's still good. But with this stuff, I, I don't know. It, it uh, I'm not a fan of this scenario coming back again. How else were you going to bring him back? You had yeah. to bring him back with uh, Carmella. Yeah. I don't think he needed right? to bring him back at all. I think you needed to. I think he's doing just fine indies, and I think he, you know, I think that that was working better for him and. You know, I, th I think he should have started. He had a good thing going with. He has a good thing going with that intergender, intergender uh, title situation there, and I think he should have stuck with that. And I think that was part of the problem. I think the intergender title concept that he had mm -hmm. really didn't play out the way that he thought it was going to, yeah. and he really wasn't getting booked and making enough money to really support yeah. anymore. So when WWE says come back, I don't blame him for taking it. Yeah. I don't know. I have mixed, very mixed feelings about it. I know we're not going to agree, obviously, on everything, but this is something that uh, I know you're a fan of. I am definitely not. And we just have to put out there that because of this interruption from James Ellsworth, mm -hmm. Carmella was actually able to kick Oscar in the face <laughs> and pin Oscar yeah. and keep 
the title. Yeah. What a weird scenario there, too. You have Asuka with uh, the longest undefeated streak in WWE, and now you, you have, you've made her completely look like a chump. You know, and I know that that probably makes yeah, you, okay you, you happy, but <laughs> it, it's not the way that they, they should have gone. If they really wanted her to, to continue this thing and to really make her somebody important and legitimate, they've really fallen short with trying to do that with her. To, to, to have her lose to Carmella, probably one of the least experienced wrestlers on the roster, after all that, it's, you know, it's No, I, 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 I get what you're saying. I get where you're coming from. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I honestly, I think the WWE was up in cloud nine with Oscar for a while. And yeah. I think they've now come down to about cloud three with yeah. Oscar and they're just whatever. They don't care anymore. Kind of thing. Yeah. That could be the, the scenario. I mean, you know, for a while, I think we were kind of uh, calling, you know, that she's a one trick. I think uh, Ryan Bowman used the best term, kind of a one trick pony. Yeah. Cause their matches play out so similarly, you know, so it, it, it's, it's an odd scenario, but, um, you know, it kind of is it is what it is with that. Then we go fr- from that. Now, this is in, in no particular order for the rest of this here. We had uh, Ronda versus Nia Jax for the other women's uh, title. Yep. Being interrupted by our Money in the Bank winner, Alexa Bliss. Coming out and taking out both of or winning this situation here. Good and kind of odd at the same time. I, th- I think it was a, a weird p- place to kind of do it, especially with them trying to push Ronda as much as they are. To ha- I, I know that they're probably working on setting up a feud with uh, Alexa Bliss, and just hopefully you know that can you know maybe bring out some more wrestling in her. I think that this was the perfect way to go about it because yeah. you had Ronda Rousey in there with Nia Jax. Nia Jax is a huge beast of a woman, mm-hmm. and you had Ronda. Not taking her to school, but yeah. really holding her own in that. And I really couldn't see an outcome of Ronda Rousey winning that match. Yeah. But what better way to make her still look good and keep herself looking good? Yeah. Right? Okay, so she lost the match because of disqualification, or she won the match because of disqualification, mm-hmm. what, whatever have you, right? It doesn't really discredit the match that the two of them had and mm-hmm. the... How do I say it? She's really grown into professional wrestling. Her getting up onto the top rope and 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 doing like like jumping off of the top rope, doing that cross body. Yep. Never would you have seen that before. Not from Shayna right? Baszler. That's no, sure. not 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 from Shayna Baszler. You're yep. right. Now to see that really shows me that she's growing and that she is really learning yep. and and accepting that. Okay, I'm in the professional wrestling business now. Mm-hmm. I need to get away from the MMA and I need to come to professional, professional wrestling. Right. Some of the judo throws that she did, one of them looked kind of kind of wonky and kind of bad. Mm-hmm. The second one that she did really looked good and it was on on spot. Um, I think there was. I think this was the best way for them to do it, mm-hmm. um, because now you can really set up a feud between Ronda Rousey and Alexa Bliss, yeah. and have the two of them, you know, really showcase what they can do and vie for that title after thirty days, mind you. Because for those of you who haven't seen Monday Night Raw, spoiler alert, she, uh, she kind of went crazy. Ronda yeah. Rousey went a little crazy and beat up uh, Alexa Bliss and beat up Kurt Angle and was suspended for thirty days. Um, so after this thirty days, I think we're gonna see during the thirty days. I think we're gonna see 
a little bit of a tuffle between Naya and Alexa, mm-hmm. right? And get that out of the way super quick. And then this way, when Rhonda comes back, it's going to transition into maybe a three-way uh, with Rhonda, Naya, and Alexa. Maybe just going to Alexa and Rhonda. Really don't know yet, but that's kind of how I see things playing out. Maybe this is the the time period for her because she's going into the UFC Hall of Fame. So maybe that that's maybe why this is being done. Maybe that's happening during that time. Very possible. But uh, you know, and more on that too. And I'm glad that you know she's at least you know, trying to get more of the wrestling stuff in there than Shayna is. Yes, we already know my opinion on that. But uh, I'm still kind of in the school of thought that maybe she should have spent more. T- she should have spent some time in NXT first. I understand, you know, she's the big name and they want to get her up there right away. But I think she really could have benefited, you know, at least from you know maybe. Some Six months or so in NXT, and then have come up. And you're entitled to your opinion. Yeah, I'm happy with the way that they've done it so far. Yeah. But you know, like I said, you know, at least she's she's putting in more effort. Yeah, you know, than than uh, Shane is when it comes to the wrestling stuff. Now we also had Shinsuke Nakamura versus AJ Styles in a last man standing match. Yes. Wow. Yeah, good, but but still, it, it, it's you know even with all of these guys who've done it, it's still I still have that feeling of I don't feel like they they, they they did enough. You know, with this whole scenario with them, what it was kind of resorted to, you know, I, I think that you know it, it just it could have been so much more. This whole rivalry. I mean, it, it, it could have, but I mean, it was a street fight, right? I mean. Mm-hmm. Like or not a street fight, last but a last man standing. man standing. So I mean, really, yeah. like it's a no DQ match, uh, and so, until somebody can't get up from to the count of ten, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think they did great yeah. with what, what with what they had to work with, right? Yeah. Um, they, they've gone through and they've done so much already, right? And they've kind of done. Uh, I, I agree with you, but I don't agree with you in, in this case. I mean, I agree that, yeah, I think that they could have done more. But I think with the technology that's out there nowadays, with the access to being able to see all these matches online and, and, and the internet and stuff, I think mm-hmm. the two of them maybe have said, everybody's already seen what we can do, yeah. you know, over in New Japan and, or, or wherever, right? Like, they've all seen that already. Let's try to give them something a little different. Yeah. And not do the regular matches that they would have done years ago, yeah. right? Um, I don't know if that's the case or not, but, yeah. I mean, that's kind of how it feels to me, mm-hmm. is that they were they, they kind of both said, we've already given them classic match. Yeah. Let's give them something that they haven't seen, something different. Yeah. It's just a very, it so much feels like it's just, it's a really toned down version of what they can really do. You know, it's it's the WWE version of that. You know, when you, you go back and you look at their matches in uh, New Japan and whatnot, I mean, spectacular. And it just, it just, it feels like whoever behind the scenes is saying, go out there and have a match, but don't do, it's almost like they're being told not to do too much. I don't know. I can only yeah. speculate, right? Yeah. And it, it just and the promo work and the other kind of vignettes and stuff in between, you know, they, it just it all came out across as very hokey to me. Yeah, you know? I know you know Shin's uh, from Japan and whatnot, and uh, things going to be a little bit different, a bit of a culture shock there. But uh, but yeah, it, it's uh, something I think that um, you know looking back on it, maybe they, there it could have been more. But you know, 
we'll see when it comes to the future. I think maybe uh, maybe bring him back as maybe a, maybe give him some little bit of time and maybe bring him back as a face. I think he was over better as a face than as a heel. Yeah, I think so as well. So now we also had the men's money in the bank match here, and. Yeah, this was uh, an interesting match. A lot of good people involved in this. Yep. And the result, you know, definitely not what I would have looked for or or would have expected or what I think was the right move. I think it was right on the nose. Yeah. See, for me, Braun is a guy that doesn't need the briefcase. He's already this monster that can come in and take out anybody that he wants. Yep. He doesn't, he didn't need it. Somebody else... I think is more needing of that briefcase in that scenario because you already have established Braun Strowman as the monster. You're right. And he, 100% he didn't need it. But I think from the amount of times that he's gone out there and, and he's, you know, beaten people up and he's become this monster and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. How is there really another way for them to try to get him to title picture? Yeah. Right. And I think that this... I personally think that this was the best way that they could have done it to be able to now say, okay, so he legitimately is this monster. He yeah. took out all these other guys. He has this briefcase. Knowing who he is and what he can do, whoever is the champion that he goes after, mm-hmm. they're going to get his hands. Yeah, And there's going to be no doubt about it. There's going to be nobody saying, oh, it's not going to happen. When he cashes in, he's not going to win. There's there, there's going to be none of that. People are going to be already. They're like, wow, Braun Strowman won that. Mm-hmm. We've seen what Braun Strowman can do. We know that whoever he goes after, he's taking that belt. Yeah. Then we're going to see a curveball where he doesn't win it. That would be, you know, see, and, that, and that's where, where my problem comes in is you, you've, you know, shoehorned him into the scenario to where it's a must win now. Because if he cashes in and doesn't win, uh, to me, you've ruined everything you've built up with him. Yeah, you're right. Right. So it's a matter if they're if they want to take that plunge or not, and if <laughs> him start right back from from step one again, then uh, so be it. But I think that uh, I would have rather seen it on a Samojo. I think that that was the better choice. For the briefcase, personally. Honestly, I mean, I, yeah, Samoa Joe could have. I mm-hmm. mean, I I would have been okay with whoever did, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. I mean, yeah. everybody that was in that match, I think, was, you know. It was a very good mix of, uh, it, of people. It, it was. And, and I think all of them were really deserving of, yep. you know, the chance or the opportunity like they've got in, mm-hmm. in that Money in the Bank match. And no matter who won, I think I would have been okay with it. Yeah. So a really interesting weekend, you know, when it comes to, you know, WWE, that's, you know, really all, all that we covered here. But, um, you know, with the Money in the Bank, you know, very much a kind of a mixed bag. I think we, we can both agree on that. Mm-hmm. And then NXT, you know, for the 99 percentile there, just knocking it out of the park. Yes. Knocking it out of the park. And, you know, so much to now we're going to be seeing NXT UK, which has me very, very excited. Oh, me too. Because there's tremendous talent over in the UK, you know, and, you know, we could see guys like, you know, Drake, maybe Drake Maverick and some of these guys going over there to do stuff, you know, obviously, you know, Tyler, uh, Tyler Bate and uh, some of these guys, I mean, just, uh, the potential there is, uh, you know, in, 
you know, Triple H has a, you know, a good reputation over there in Europe. He has some strong connections there. And he, he likes being over in Europe and sees the potential there. So it'd be very interesting to see what happens with that whole scenario there, you know. And with uh, 205 Live, I'm, I'm just, I'm wondering if maybe they're looking maybe to replace 205 Live maybe with this or maybe with that scenario because, you know, 205 Live, I mean, it's been a while since I've watched that show. I, I, it's been a while. It's been a while for me as well. I really don't think that they're looking to replace it. They're just looking to really expand. Um, We're going to be having a super show happening over in Australia soon, right? And that's something that we can discuss on another podcast when we get more information on it. Mm -hmm. But WWE or NXT UK, um, that's like... That's been a vision for a while now. And essentially what it's going to be for those who who maybe aren't understanding, um, over in in the United States, they have NXT. Or in North America, they have NXT. Now they're branching out and they're taking that brand and bringing it over to the UK. So you're going to have wrestlers from the UK and wrestlers from Ireland that they're going to be showcased. Mm -hmm. So they're not going to have to worry about getting work visas and getting all of these different things for these guys that they want to showcase over in Europe. Now they've got their own show that will be shown on the WWE network for all of this talent that's over there Mm -hmm. in North America. It's easy. You know, even, even from Canada coming down to the U S it's a lot easier to get, you know, a work visa to be able to come down and and into the U S and do that. Mm If, from over in Europe, though, it's a little bit harder. And I, I yeah. think, I think on a on a past podcast we had talked about this, where um, I, I can see them really taking the NXT brand and or even the WWE brand and making little branches like territories all across the world, yeah. as opposed to just in one country. And lo and behold, I think somebody at WWE is listening to us <laughs> because it is now starting to happen. Yeah, and I hope that it becomes successful over there because I'd even like to go as far as seeing a NXT Canada because, I mean, if there's any other country that's deserving of it and has the talent to, to fill in to do it, it is Canada. Yes. It is no secret to any and anywhere that uh, Canada is a hotbed of wrestling. Just look at some of the major talents, not only in WWE, but in New Japan, in Ring of Honor. Yeah. You are going to find some Canadians there, people. You are. So, I mean, if there's any place that I'd like to see it happen to, it's obviously here in Canada. Definitely. So, yeah, it's been a uh, kind of a, an interesting weekend of wrestling here. Some Some good, some bad. But uh, at the end of the day, we still got to see some wrestling, which is always good. Oh, and, yeah. you know, I think that um, looking in retrospect, Velveteen and Ricochet, definitely match of the year candidate. And uh, we'll see going forward uh, what happens with those two guys. That's the big thing for me, taking away from this whole weekend and really looking forward to see what those two guys can accomplish. I mean, the sky's the limit. It is, 100%. All right. That's a good way to end off uh, here, uh, Carl. So let's uh, talk about where people can find us on social media. Social media, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching out at JK Podcasts. That is with an S at the end, at JK Podcasts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Awesome. And for listening to the episode, of course, you can find us on Podbean, jkpodcast.podbean.com. Also, if you're a Google Play subscriber, you can check us out there, as well as YouTube and also, any podcatchers out there, and if you're on iTunes, you can find us there as well. And you know, coming up very soon, we're in the midst of uh, working with the GrillPosition.com here. That uh, we're going to be becoming part of a larger network with the the Roar Podcast Network. So stay tuned for more details about that as we 
um, figure out what's going to happen with that and um, some tremendous potential happening with that too. So we're looking forward to uh, getting that rolling as well. Definitely. All right. We will see you guys on the next one. Ciao. This is Hotshot Danny Duggan, leader of Team Jacked and Fanny Packed, and you're listening to the J&K Podcast. This is the Top Gun Chase Brood, and you're listening to the J&K Podcast.